a man of great detail and fabulous work. We welcome in Brandon Vogel in his football office at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues the Saturday. Matching rugby shirt and that hat, man. What's going on in the hat, Brandon, first of all? This is um, a hat from the UniWatch blog. Um, Okay. Okay. Covers has, well, for a long time, has, has covered basically uniforms um was kind of the they have a uh, hat yeah i don't know if they're still available or not but uh they've they've verged into to merchandise um and and this was one of them that i had to pick up right away on, on deep track uh college football fan hat um in, in in that kind of realm flight aware also has hats that you can purchase <laughs> in multiple colors you know when you're trying to see like what coach is going where and all that so that's good that's pretty good. Like, what are the like most hipster college football hats you could have? Flight aware is, is is like is up there. This is like yeah. I'm a I'm a. Are you are you just a fan of aviation or are you a college football? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I just like to track planes generally. You, know? you could do it all day. And uh, there's been a lot of plane tracking for two decades here. So Craig's gotten gotten into the habit. So, yeah. Vogues, hey, we uh, can't reach through the screen and, and fist bump and hug. And I don't know if you're a hugger or not, but uh, I'm, I'm giving you a, a solemn nod and a thank you. Incredible uh, time at Hale Varsity. I know there was um, some some positive uh, reaction and folks, listeners uh, of, of your podcast and readers of your column and readers of the magazine with the team reaching out last night, really beautiful cover as the final issue of Hale Varsity went out. And, hey, I just want to say thank you for everything and uh, incredible um, to be with you for 11 years. And I loved your, your column uh, on – uh, the eleven-year number and and Brandon Vogel and Bob Devaney. I, I love that uh, uh, jump in. So let's uh, let's spend a minute and just smile about Hale Varsity, the magazine, my friend, and tip of the cap to you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, officially unaffiliated as of today. I guess you can just uh, introduce me as a drifter for for now. Um, I did appreciate coming in. Uh, when I hopped on the show, right as Mike, Mark was talking about avoiding being fired. Um, oh, irony there. Um, <laughs> um, but Mark Cranach, so everybody. <laughs> so it is. I'm having a great you know, start to the show. It just, uh, just happened to, to work out that way. Um, yeah. So so here we are. But it's good. Um, I'm excited for, for college football to start. And we'll, we'll see what happens next. Well, and you're, you're just in the transfer portal. I don't, I don't like the whole drifter thing. You know, okay. Although the drifter but, thing just adds a little bit of mystery to your game, you know, it that's kind of cool a, too. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a little, a little, you know. You're right. Uh, hopefully, it's just a transfer portal, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you're going but, to the league. We don't know. Vogues, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, let's. Uh, we we've got a ton of uh, Nebraska to to dial into and as you you put the the yearbook together and did the previews and you analyze nebraska i want to kind of focus in on that we had the discussion point of of best case worst case scenarios and you know mark had the the point of a year ago we're all gearing up for ireland and, and you're trying to predict new 
you're trying to predict new in year one a rule and it's it's crazy and there's also a lot of new in the west at that key spot at quarterback the only place that does not have a portal quarterback running the show presumably is is gonna be um shoot i just had it uh minnesota (laughs) minnesota right right and and that kid the greek freak because i can't pronounce his name uh, thank you cut his what is it Kaliak Manis. Kaliak Manis. We're going to write that Drop phonetically it. for the room. Drop it. Kaliak Manis. Like, come on. Right. Came in. A bone to pick with Greek and Indian names. Out of, out of the bullpen and, and one in Lincoln uh, a year ago. So there, there's all that. But let's talk about new and Nebraska and today. I mean, today's, I think, from a psyche standpoint and a confidence standpoint, Really big for the Nebraska offense as they try and re- rebound from from last Saturday's issues. Not that, and, and Rule walked it back a little bit during the week. That you know, maybe I paraphrasing him, uh, but he was walking back just how the tone felt of what the offensive performance was last Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had a lot of time, you know, at this point in front of the microphones at Nebraska, but you still you still got to learn a little bit. <laughs> if I go out there and say on a Saturday that the the, the offense struggled a little bit, uh, it becomes a talking point for a week. So I'm I'm be, I'd be willing to bet, <laughs> not knowing anything about how this scrimmage actually goes, um, which hasn't happened yet, of course. But uh, I'm I'm going to bet the offense has a better day today. Um, so we'll we'll see. I guess if they don't. Uh, then we might have some some legitimate reason for worry. Um, but, you know, Minnesota is such an interesting an interesting opener for that reason. They're the only team in the division that brings a quarterback back, um, a, a homegrown homegrown guy, so to speak. And I think that's that's a pretty decent edge um, right there, especially in an opener. But really early this season in in the West. Um, it's something Minnesota has that, that everybody else doesn't. You know, I was kind of one, I'm forgetting who it was, but I saw somebody comment in the stream, you know, which game is like, other than Michigan, do you just like chalk up as a loss? I don't think there's a lot of those on, on Nebraska's no. schedule. Um, you know, by the SP plus ratings, I think, I think at Wisconsin, Nebraska right now would be about a two touchdown underdog. But even that, like it, that, that won't. I, I would be very surprised if that spread is is close to fourteen points by the time we actually get to that game. Um, so, even that one, like not knowing what, what Wisconsin is at this point either, you know, it's it's tough to 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 look at that one and be like, yeah, that's that's the other one. Though it's probably your most likely uh, likely suspect. I kind of I kind of have four heavy leans, if not outright losses, for Nebraska. It's Minnesota. Is a heavy lean towards Minnesota, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, Michigan seems like a certain loss. And then the following week, Illinois, because of Michigan, mm-hmm. then you're on the road, just that style on a of short you know, week brutality. Too. Yeah, brutality back-to-back weeks like that. It's, Illinois got my attention. And then at Wisconsin. But s- similar deal to what we're talking about with Nebraska last year and to a degree this year with Wisconsin, you don't know. You know, I mean, they're they're throwing out they're throwing out years and years and years of a of a particular style, and uh, they're, they're rolling the dice a little bit on that. So who, who knows? But it's it's really those four that I would say are the heavy leans in the other way. The other eight, hey now, 
I, you know, well, in, in, you, you might even say it's a Nebraska lean. And Mark, I think this kind of gets to our our talking point yesterday with the the floor and ceiling of Nebraska in 2023. Whenever I think about the floor, I don't think there's many guaranteed wins for Nebraska. That's why I'm the, the floor to me for Nebraska is three and nine because in terms of guaranteed <laughs> wins, I'm not even sure I'm comfortable putting three on there based on on recent results over the past couple of years. Like Elijah's been scarred like North, many Northern Illinois. Well, they got Rocky Lombardi at quarterback, guy with power five experience that's played in Lincoln before. Like, that's worrisome with the amount of experience that he has played in the quarterback position. I'm still going to put Northern Illinois in Louisiana Tech as more than likely pretty close to guaranteed wins and probably throw Northwestern in there with how down and out they've been this offseason, all the drama surrounding their football program. I think three and nine to me is Nebraska's floor because I can't find many of their guaranteed wins. It's a whole bunch of toss-up games in Nebraska's schedule. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's pretty much exactly what it is, like doing a little bit of, you know, the math on some of these projected SP plus lines, like in, implied win probability against Northern Illinois is 0.874, 0.851 against Louisiana Tech. Those feel a little bit high to me. Um, <laughs> both, of those, both of those teams are, well, I mean, Northern Illinois is a good program. Uh, you mentioned Rocky Lombardi. Um, it's, it's a program that has a history of winning. Like both of those games, I look at them like Nebraska is a deserving favorite. Um, and it'll be a heavy favorite probably unless it starts 0 two. Um, but they're, they're not games that, that either of those schools are going to give you. And then the next highest win probability for, for Nebraska is 0.641. So 64% against Northwestern. And everything else, even Colorado, is less than 60%, which anytime you're between 40 and 60, like, I just basically consider those coin flips. Mm, wow. Tom chimes in with, with one of those name opportunities for Nebraska, and he's like, look, nobody knows what will happen, but Wisconsin has just as many, if not more, unknowns as Nebraska. New coach, new offense, quarterback. The only difference is that Wisconsin's been – the uh, has been substandard for for only two years, and he nails it. Tom, good input. Yeah, I mean their their substandard was all right. Uh, you're seven and six, Chris. See ya. Thanks. You're supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, and that's been Wisconsin's Achilles' heel for what's kept them from from really being great because they've had the lines of scrimmage, they've had the running game, and it's been quarterback play that has not. Okay, it's fine to ask a kid to manage but they've been a far cry from having that Russell Wilson guy that can go out and win it for you. Now they have found ways to, you look at the the Nebraska Wisconsin game a year ago. I mean, that was one of the mother of all gut punches where you're up double digits against that quarterback in that weather. And they find a way to (laughs) to, to erupt for a a fourth quarter on you. And I laugh uh, not to, to rub it in or pour salt. It's like, how did the hell did that happen? right against that team but if they get if they get it right and mordecai is one of those texas gunslingers from smu vogues we we focus on wisconsin they've got a line and they've got allen and they've got a defense and oh yeah by the way if they get effective at throwing the football have fun trying to stop them yeah for sure um i mean they they on paper they look pretty dangerous between mordecai and you pair mordecai with the braylon allen right there um, <laughs> Braylon Allen's pretty good, pretty good at running the football, and if he can do that as well as he has in the past, uh, and Mordecai just kind of gets to <clears throat> throw less, um, but 
had a little bit of an easier time. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's when Wisconsin gets scary. You know, it's funny you mentioned Chris and the quarterback whisperer. Now that I'm a drifter, maybe I'll, maybe I'll write a book about Wisconsin. The last like four years, like, I mean, Graham Burtz was like the guy, like the most ballyhooed recruit in Wisconsin history. And you kind of look at it now and yeah, they still went seven and six last year. It's not like they dropped off a cliff, but got, you know, Paul Chris got fired kind of out of nowhere last season during the season. To me, I was, I was truly shocked by that. Not that I, you know, you couldn't see that things were kind of a little bit stale there for, for lack of a better term, but it's, uh, you know, it's a classic tale of like, be careful. You, you get everything you want with the, uh, the, the, you know, the highest rated QB that, that uh, program had ever signed he comes out his first game and completes what, like 21 to 22 passes. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> four years later, uh, here you are. And, and Wisconsin feels like it's entirely different. Uh, the AD that built that as a coach first, and then the AD is gone, you know, he retired. Uh, the coach is gone and the quarterback's gone. Uh, it's going to start at Florida this year. That's just yeah. it. Two of the, the quarterbacks Wisconsin's had, one went to Notre Dame, one went to Florida. I don't know if it's uh, more so a saying on the transfer quarterback portal market or someone else sees what Wisconsin couldn't see in them. You know, you got you got this new uh, situation, this new uh, tradition that, that Rule has installed at Nebraska, and he's done it previously, and it's the awarding of the single-digit numbers. So – for folks that haven't followed along, um, all the single digits are off limits because it's essentially a reward system where the players will um, figure out who's worthy of wearing those single digit numbers by a vote, right? And so far, eight have been released, if I'm not mistaken. There's been there have been eight single digit numbers that have been released. Five of those are defense. And so the re- reason I'm bringing this up is because it gives you a little window, at least into what the team feels. And if you kind of believe the whole real recognizes real thing, where the team thinks their strength is. Um, it, so far, you have uh, pretty much your entire linebacking core, right? You, you got Luke Reimer is one of them. You got Nick Henrich is another. You got Josh Bullock. Is it not Josh Bullock? Um, what is uh John, John Bullock. Thank you. It was a Josh Bullock's back in the day. Uh-huh. John 12 Bullock. interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. In 2003. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Isaac Gifford is another one. Nash Hutmucker. So there, those, those are the five that the team has felt has worked so hard and is, re- and is representing Nebraska so well that those five guys deserve it defensively. And then on the offensive side, Jeff Sims, Billy Kemp, Ethan Piper. Um, and there's, so there's two more to go. I would, I would, I would presume Quentin Newsom would get one of those, but who knows? So hearing that, knowing that, and, and you're in kind of this multiple style defense, right? You're in this, in this three, three, five defense, which is just, you know, it's havoc creating style defense, a disguise style defense. Should we read into the fact, Brandon, that the team is like, you know, I, I think the guys that are that are going to have probably the most on their backs in terms of making sure that you're in the right spot. I mean, the, the linebackers and kind of that nickel style of, of Gifford, those are critically important parts for that 3-3-5 to work. Um, and the team anyways feels like, hey, those guys are, they have put themselves in the position and they're performing like we should. 
do you read anything into that? And is that a clue? Is that an indicator of where Nebraska's strengths will lie once the season kicks off? Um, I, yeah, I think it's a pretty clear uh, indication, indication of that. Um, before, before Piper got added, the two guys you had on offense, uh, well, thank, thank God for the ACC, I guess. <laughs> two, two transfers yeah. from, from Georgia Tech and yeah. and and, Vir- and Virginia, which I also think yeah. you know tells you quite a bit about where Nebraska's at offensively right now. Um, and, and it says good things about about both Kemp and and Sims, of course. That you know because this is voted on by the team, like they've they've earned they've earned the respect of you know a hundred and twenty some guys they didn't know six months ago. Um, so that's 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 impressive, but it, I think the closer we get to the actual start of the season, the closer we get to that Minnesota game, the more it becomes clear that there's gonna there's gonna be I think a little bit of a, a learning curve on offense that's gonna just have to happen in season. Um, defensively, maybe you don't. I, I guess I don't feel that way. Um, yeah, it's a new scheme, um, new coaches. They're being asked to do things differently than they've done in the past. But uh, it's it should be should be pretty fun a fun defense to watch. Um, I think they'll be pretty aggressive, and you're gonna you're gonna need those guys if there is in fact a learning curve for the offense. You're gonna need that defense to make some plays, whether it's you know scores themselves. Or you know, just simply forcing turnovers and, and giving the offense a little bit of a, a shorter putt, which was you know something Nebraska really, really struggled with uh, in the previous mm-hmm. era. It just felt like <laughs> almost every drive had to cover seventy-five yards somehow, yeah. and, and that's that's hard. That's hard for any college offense to do. So yeah. I think that becomes you know we talk about ceiling and, and floor. If you want to get closer to ceiling, that's what it. That's that's the path forward. I think that you're going to have to be defense led to to get there. Um, and you know, special mention like to to John Bullock, like for him to get one of these numbers isn't a surprise mm-hmm. based on the entire off off season he has had. Um, but man, that guy is like on a rocket ship to to. Yeah. to well, who knows? Who knows what will end up being this season? But he was one of three guys. You know, they released seven of those, you know, the 10%. He was one of three guys that was in every one of them. Um, hmm. Was there from week zero through, I think they made it to week seven. Um, one of three guys. Piper was another one who who made all all seven of those. Hmm. Think about that, too. Him, walk-on coming in. Reimer, walk-on coming in. Gifford I, was like a gray shirt type, wasn't he? So he was technically a dude, walk you're talking on his, about, his first semester at UNL. Yeah, so you're talking about three of those dudes that are man, that's that's impressive. Okay. It's Brandon Vogel with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity. And Brandon, you did talk about the offense there, and I want to go there for a second. As we're twelve days away from kickoff, it's funny how most of the offseason the concern with the offense is the offensive line and the rushing attack. They you be able to open up rushing lanes for uh Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant and then in the, the two to three weeks before game one, it feels like that concern has flipped over to the passing attack and you hear more about Jeff Sims, the turnovers at Georgia Tech, and who is he going to be throwing the ball to? Billy Kemp's not a guy that's going to be a deep threat, take the top off. Like, well, what guys are going to step up at the wide receiver position? It's interesting how that, that mentality and that sentiment has flipped in Husker Nation within the past 
seven to ten days. Now, I want to get your thoughts on where your concern currently lies with the offense. If it's one of those closer-to-the-floor type seasons, where does it all go wrong for the Husker offense as you look at it right now? Hmm. Uh, Closer to the floor is if, you know, the running game just isn't – um, I think the the asset that they they want it to be, much less they need mm-hmm. it to be. So, like, you know, there are questions with that based, I think, mostly on, you know, offensive line play that we see we saw in the past two seasons in particular. Uh, so you look at that group and, you know, Matt Rule, to his credit, has been bullish on them all the whole way through. Um but it's one of those, you, you kind of gotta see it. You can look at the running back room, or at least I do, and, and feel pretty good um, about the options you have. But as this has gone on, and as you know, you've had some injuries and some departures at wide receiver, that has, has taken on the focus. So like, well, what's the best remedy for that? Well, if the run game, you know, if the run game was, it works okay. Like if you can be a top half in the big 10 rushing team, um, it's like, okay, well, you can use that to make the passing game a little bit easier for you. Maybe you can buy yourself a little bit of time to, to get that up to speed. I mean, even if Nebraska hadn't had departures and injuries at wide receiver, like it still should have been a pretty big question because like, okay, you're looking at a, anytime you bring in a new quarterback and I, you know, this is just going to have to change, I guess, in a transfer portal portal area. But, um, you know, you're, you're looking at Jeff Sims throwing to an entirely new set of guys that, you know, there's no kind of continuity there. There's not, you know, you, you have the off season to create that chemistry, but you've never done it in, you know, late October on the road in, in Michigan or something like that. So um, it's, it's a big question. And, and the way forward for Nebraska is, well, you better be able to lead on the run game. It's just how, how great do any of us feel of saying, yes, they can do that. Brandon Vogel with this weekend edition at Brandon L. Vogel's where you follow him on Twitter. You know, let's get into the, the bigger picture as we've kind of built up today's Saturday response for the offense and the turnover question. The and, and I like what Elijah touched on. You go from all right, the the hope if you're a Nebraska fan for what the O line and the run game need to be to what you do have at quarterback, and that is Sims and you know what, folks? What do you think Nebraska has best case scenario? And is it okay to be confident that now three years, now a fourth year into his college football career under a new set of eyes and voice in Satterfield, Sims can really be different? Why can he be different at Nebraska than Georgia Tech? Um, I think you're I think you're hoping that they've they found the the, the right fit for him. Um, not that Georgia Tech wasn't. Um, so, like, what we know Nebraska's getting is experienced quarterback, first and foremost, but it seems like a pretty mature one, too. And, you know, I was you go back to at the point that Nebraska brought him in as a transfer quarterback. Casey Thompson was still – he was injured, but he was still very much in the fold. Like, if you wanted to go that route, you, you had a returning starter at quarterback. And so they sought Jeff Sims out for a reason. And I think the fact that he is, he was a guy who was in a bunch of those top 10% lists. He is a single digit number guy. Now um, tells you that I think that all backs up that they got what I think they thought they were going to get with him. So that's, that's encouraging. Uh, you know, and then you can, from there, you can look at the numbers at Georgia tech. You kind of got to pit those against, I think 
what Georgia Tech was and wasn't during those those years. Um, and it is what it is. I mean, you know, I think it was two seasons removed when, when Sims got there, but that was triple option offense, uh, I think, two seasons before he got there. Um, and, you know, it was a big win for Jeff Collins in recruiting to get him. Uh, it's just that it didn't seem like he had the perfect complement of skill players around him at all times. And, and who knows if he does now, um, you know, that's still, still remains to be seen in Nebraska. Brandon Vogel was with us. And um, I think something else Nebraska is getting at quarterback is a bit of an X factor just athletically, which I don't think the big 10 is littered with those kind of guys. I think you have to go back to, you know, Josh Fields was one of those guys, just a Supreme athlete, that can do things off schedule. Adrian Martinez was one of those guys um, that could do things off schedule. And it's kind of hard to come up with a ton more than that. You've had a lot of good quarterbacks, quality quarterbacks. You've had Uh, a lot of don't fumble the ball, son, quarterbacks. Right. Or you've had guys that were just, you know, especially at Ohio State, just clinical, surgical, great throwers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Penn State's had some big play guys too. But in terms of, and Penix at Indiana, and now he's finding new life in, in Washington. But you haven't had a ton of those guys that are truly truly more athletically gifted than most people on the field. And I feel like you have that with Sims right now, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of – I'll have to sit down and do this, actually, when, when I can uh, access some of the numbers more easily. But, like – who's the leading returning rusher at quarterback in the big 10. And I'm not meaning they had to play in the big 10 last year, like from anywhere in their career, like what's the most of a presumed starter has put up rushing wise, like Sims might be, might be up there. Um, because just like running down the list and I don't remember, I don't know if Illinois is named a starting QB yet, but it's, it's not one of those guys. It's not Tanner Mordecai. Um, you can just kind of, <laughs> Cade McNamara isn't that guy. Uh, yeah. I, for, I forget who Northwestern picked up late in, in the portal um, at the moment, but there's just, there's not. Um, you, you think about the Big Ten broadly, it, it's it's a lot of kind of, you know, the, the Joel Stave types, the kind of classic <laughs> Big Ten quarterback you expect. So Sims, Sims does offer a wrinkle. And I think uh, I, I, Nebraska doesn't want to run him. 10, 12 times a game. I don't think right. now if that happens as on design passes, like you'll definitely take it. Um, and that's where he has the the chance to, I think really bring something for Nebraska that not a lot of places have. Um, but you can, he's certainly a guy you can run. And, and like I said, well, well, I'll go through the list at some point. And there's, there's not many of those guys in the league. Brandon, this brings up an interesting question here, and I'm going to kind of take a a question that Moomba has here. He says, can Sims have a better passing percentage than Casey last year? And I I don't want you to explicitly answer that, but in terms of stats that are going to be more important to to gauge how well Sims has played in this upcoming season, do you think it's going to be completion percentage or is it going to be something more akin to to yards per carry? What's going to be more important for Sims in this Husker offense? It's turnovers. Mm. Yeah, I would say probably the first one I would look to would be interceptions. So Casey Thompson was at 63% last year. Um, We just pulled that up. And Sims Sims best season was his sophomore season when he was right at 60. So um, 
I guess if you're if you're asking me to take an over under on you know, sixty two and a half for Sims, I'd probably take the under at this point, which would be under under what Casey Thompson had. But that that season, that sophomore season, when he was at sixty percent, which is his career high for a year, when he was. Uh, I'm forgetting. I think he's still at 10 interceptions, which is what Casey Thompson was at a year ago too. Like that's going to be the big one. Um, can you avoid those? You know, not all interceptions are always totally on the quarterback. Um, but he's a guy who, you know, hasn't had that season where, you know, you just have five and there were, you know, he didn't play all last year either. Um, so that's, that's, that's the big one. I think you do want to see that, completion percentage around 60 i think for for a quarterback like him um now if you got a pure you know, 60 would be bad for a 10 or more guy um and that's just you kind of got to adjust things for for what type of quarterback you have it's turnovers that's interceptions fumbles and then i'm going to pair number of starts versus missed starts mm-hmm. i mean it comes down to me to turnovers and injury that's been the the uh, storm cloud, so to speak, Vogues. And it's not all his fault. Again, we're not pinata in the kid. I'm just saying for Nebraska, back to this original point of best case, worst case, for Nebraska to be relevant in November, for Nebraska to be a team that can go stun uh, a, a really tough out to open the college football season, let alone conference season, it's got to be – uh, a lot of Sims doing the right things at a high level in big key moments. But it's also Nebraska's coaches and offensive job to keep him in, it, you know, keep it in third and three, so to speak, with the play calling and the situations. I'm so fascinated to see how that um, kind of comes to a head. And also just where – where the confidence level is at after today offensively, they're going to say and do the right things, but it's going to get down to pressure and he's going to have to go make a play uh, when he's got to, we talk about being able to run the football when you want to run it. There's going to be a, a two minute drill situation. There's going to be moments where Sims is going to have to make a play throwing the football. And can he succeed at that more times than not for Nebraska this year? Yeah, I mean, I, the goal, I think, for Nebraska offensively is to have a season where Sims gets to just play the game instead of be the game. And I think at Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, he was the game on offense. And we we basically watched it for four seasons at Nebraska. Later to Martinez, you know. Mm-hmm. A little bit less so, ironically, in, in year one when he was a true freshman. I mean, we all saw, we all saw his talent. And it was, you know, obviously uh, really, really encouraging. But you get two, two seasons beyond that, and uh, the run games not never really got back to where they needed it to be. So, hey, guess what? It's third and five. Who's going to get the ball? It was Adrian Martinez. Um, it's just – it's it, it's great to have a, a really good quarterback, but man, you you really need kind of a you need help, and, and hopefully, like for Nebraska, if it's going to approach its ceiling, uh, I think that's what defines it more than what Sims does himself. You know, you've got as, as a guy that is literally wearing a uni watch hat, so somebody that clearly appreciates uniforms and all that goes with that. Couple things: one, 
We got a big man wearing a low number at defensive Ooh. tackle, right? You got Nash Hutmucker wearing number zero. Unprecedented in Nebraska's history. That has never happened. Uh, so that's first part of the question. So, second part of the question. So the question being, what do you think? And the second <laughs> deep question, deep question. Uh, the second part of the question is Nebraska's quote unquote alternate uniforms. Nebraska's alternate uniforms are the most subtle. Like everybody else goes crazy. Nebraska's like, oh, let's go nuts and let's remove a stripe or let's add a blue color around the number. Like it's the trained eye is the only one that knows that it's an alternate uniform. So the second part of the question is like, can Nebraska stand to, you know, maybe, I don't know, take a leap and, and really try something alternate or, or are you okay with the remove or add a stripe approach that Nebraska has been taking? Uh, yeah. Well, so first on not on Nash, uh, love it. Uh, you know, back when the NCAA football video game still existed, uh, didn't have the option for, for number zero, I don't think, or maybe it, it definitely wasn't in the, in the real game. Um, yeah. that just came out like three years ago that they made that a, a usable yeah. number, but, um, you, uh, you know, you always take, you always took your high profile big D line recruits and gave them, gave mm-hmm. them a, skinny little number um so but (laughs) randy gregory uh, so you so you gotta you really gotta think about okay number one looks weird on him um (laughs) wasn't available but zero that 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 still stands out pretty well um jacob padola and i were joking a couple weeks ago because we had a feeling that ethan piper was coming he's like i can't wait a single digit offensive lineman i was like yeah yeah. you gotta go with eight i think eight is the number for a single digit offensive lineman you just need you need some width um so (laughs) that's that um as, as for the alternates um you know 2000 11, 12, Nebraska, Nebraska tried the, the wild alternate game and didn't go super well. Um, no, you're right. So I, I, I kind of liked this, you know, it was, it was an interesting challenge. Like, okay, yes, it's been a well-covered, I think, historical quirk that Nebraska wore blue in, in that first Oklahoma game at Memorial Stadium. Uh, going with the blue jersey would have been would have been way out there. Like, people would have yeah. lost their mind. Um, so this was kind of just, just tasteful. It was like, yeah, here's, here's a little nod towards that. And yeah, it's not going to sell you a ton more jerseys. I don't think, uh, just because it looks so similar, but I actually appreciated the restraint. And maybe it would have brought a little blue into the helmet to you somehow. Something, right. I, I mean, look, the Red Sox go yellow and blue on their city connect, you know, and they're hallowed and they haven't changed anything since the 1740s. Like, I don't know. Nebraska can do not, not that Nebraska needs to come out and go, like Noid style, like they did with whatever that was. Oh my God! With just a big block in on the seriously looked like Noids, like the Domino's character. The Domino's evil awful. character, right? Avoid the yeah. Noid. I, mm-hmm. I think yeah. the one they got right was that black one, twenty thirteen, maybe the UCLA it was, they, game. Yeah, there was yeah. a funeral. In terms of the actual uniform and just like the quality of it and all that and how it matched the helmet, like that was solid. That was a solid, and you still see people wear that, you wear those jerseys around, right? Like that's where they got it right. But this one, you're like, huh. got an email from from Greg here on on the passing games and Sims, 
and uh, appreciate Greg emailing the show. Uh, remember, SC led the nation in passes at or behind the line of scrimmage, according to Twitter. So it's one thing to see the, the bubble, the dreaded bubble or the swing pass. It's quite another to see it executed, though, Vogues. Are you prepared for a 2023 where there is a lateral pass that is successful, potential? Uh, yeah, I, I, I really am. Um, I hadn't heard that stat about South Carolina and Satterfield last year, but that's intriguing. Um, I mean, you know, we talk about the run game in a very traditional sense. That's when you hand the ball off, right? But really, um, those and, you know, coaching staff continues to bring up kind of positionless football. Like, that's what they're talking about is – you know, lining up these combination of receivers and running backs and, oh, you got Janeer and Bonner who was a wide receiver. Now he's a tight end, except for when he's a fullback. Um, like, it's just like, we're going to get those, get those guys the ball in, in creative ways. Um, and it, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see. And that's, that's one of those other things, like, you know, I was talking about, oh, you need the run game to work to make things a little bit easier on your quarterback. Well, let's say it's not. Well, here's a way to do that technically in a passing game where maybe you can make things a little bit easier. I mean, the, the, the yeah, short, but... that short passing game, the, the passes behind the line of scrimmage, that's just an extension of your rushing attack, really, when you think about it. You just get the ball out wide quicker, and now it's one-on-one matchups, receivers having to block corners. Do you really believe that, though? Because I, I was thinking that, too, and I, I know that's the refrain, is that it's an extension of your run game. Well, it, it can be if you have receivers that block like Big Ten wide receivers are supposed to. I know, but it, but it totally nullifies the action in the trenches, which is kind of the cumulative benefit of the run game, right? Is that you're leaning on somebody, leaning on somebody, so the fourth quarter opens it up. I just never bought the whole, it's an extension of your run game. Well, I, I think of it in a sense of, it's not, you're you're changing around where you're putting the strain on a defense. So, hey, we look at Nebraska's offensive line last year, they've struggled. Instead of putting them in a mono mono battle against Michigan's defensive line, you say, I like our chances of our wide receivers and their size being able to wear out the cornerbacks all game. And, hey, guess what? When the fourth quarter rolls around, instead of your three-yard rushes turning into 15-yard rushes, it's your three-yard swing passes and screen plays that are turning into 15-yard ones because the quarterbacks are tired and they're tired of taking on blocks. And, hey, maybe they're going to get caught lacking and see a, a, a screen action and they're going to let a guy go deep. It's kind of changing where you're putting the strain on the defense, where you're putting the body blows. Instead of, it's, instead of the defensive line, you're putting it on the secondary. That's how I see it. But in your in your mental images, you think back to it like it doesn't seem like it's worked, right? And maybe it works elsewhere. It works elsewhere, but here, yeah, it's just three yards. It's not. It never turns into fifteen. It's three yards. You know? It's a holding penalty, and it's a fumble. So <laughs> yeah, hey, I think exactly. And so uh, broad two thousand nine broad like broad like is that what you call it? B rod, uh, B rod, B rod or. Yeah, or not, 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 or, not, not, not Sinatra in the 1940s talking to yeah, a waitress. Broad. Yeah, I got this broad over here. Hey, what's mm. a bath without bubbles? Hey, bubbles, get over here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Thank you, Rodney. So a few more to give out still, Broad writes, but any insight into Fedoni's lack of a single digit? My take is that this is, this is a team vote situation, right? So the first three, the fir- or the first four, were uh what Reimer? Am I mistaken there? Yeah, Reimer. No, no, no. And, who were the first four? It, oh, it was Sims and Kemp. Reimer, Gifford, Sims, Kemp. Yes, that's the four. 
Ben Piper. Gifford, Sims. Ooh. Piper. So, yeah, we're screwing up there. Huh. So was it three offensive guys to start, and then just one defense? Because there was four that were announced originally, right? Piper was wasn't five? in the it wasn't in the first picture. It's five, but he wasn't really announced because he wasn't actually. That's a right. Digit. That's right. Okay, so it's a team vote situation. So the 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 no brainers have been taken care of at this point. There's two left, so those guys are now out of the voting. So who knows? Fedoni could have been the ninth vote getter, the tenth vote getter. They just haven't announced it. So as those other guys have come out, I, my guess is, you know, since you have five of the eight that are defense now, you'll probably try to balance it out five and five, maybe. Um, and if you do, I think you have three candidates left on offense to earn those single digits. Fedoni's one of them, based on how he's worked in the offseason. He won a couple challenges with him as a team leader. You've seen the guys build. I mean, my God, he's solo flex the dude has turned himself into a monster um and then you, you probably have to go with i would think ramir or gabe Irvin, just in yeah. terms of how they work and the general respect level they have on the team so for the two remaining spots gentlemen opposed to you i think i think, go, I think i think gabe Irvin's one of them for sure absolutely uh based on some of the run he has gotten and the praise he has gotten and can he finish off camp and can he do it to the satisfaction, not only his standard, but the, uh, the offensive coaches. Cool. And I think Fedoni's Fedoni's right there. Uh, and then is, is, is there a guy like MJ Sherman? I mean, he's, he's a newcomer, nope. but he's, nope. An, another guy that is going to be super important to this defense as he encapsulated what they want with the single digits. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to just defer to Brandon here because he was telling us earlier, he was going through the 10 percents and seeing the guys that was on every single list. Brandon, are there any candidates on there that you think we could be expecting to see in single digit numbers this year? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think we've hit on, hit on a lot of the top candidates. So I mentioned there were three guys that were in all of them. Um, and then there were one, two, three, five guys who made six out of seven. Uh, Jake Applegate, Puttmacher, Cameron Lenart, Watuki, and Taggy. Um, you know, some of those names I think obviously are probably not single digit candidates. Um, Fedoni was in five out of seven. So I think he's, he's in, he's in the mix. The, the other one that jumps out to me from that group, and there were, say 10 or 12 of those, uh, Garcia Castaneda. Um, hmm. That would be, that would be positive. And I think Quentin Newsom, you have to throw out there too. Sure. Just in terms of, I'm, I'm guessing he's earned the respect of everybody production wise. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's locked down that spot going on his third year. So we'll see, we'll see when they announce those. Um, but, but to his point, I think what he's really getting at, um, not putting words in your mouth, broad, but, uh, Fedoni being a factor this year. Sure. Um, is it is it the year that he is actually a factor? I, I think probably. I think Big Big Ten's a tight end league, uh, and it's a really good secure, security blanket for a run based team, and for a, a and for a quarterback in general. Right? It's just they're generally easier throws. They're generally more wide open when you do decide to hit them, and he's fast enough to to make hay once he is open. So, uh, I. I see him being a factor. I, uh, 
over under on catches, I put it at 25 and I'd lean towards the over. Well, and, 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 and while we're talking about tight ends here, Brandon, maybe we'll get you out of here on this. Gilbert, his situation with the waiver, is it time to accept the fact that Gilbert's not going to be playing in Husker uniform next year and maybe ever? And you're talking Eric Gilbert, the yes, transfer yes. from Georgia. Yeah. And, and yeah. the coaching staff has flip flop between calling him Eric and Arik, so I'm just going to call him Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go Gil, all right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to like. I don't think I don't think they're going to get kind of the the last minute transfer waiver for him to be ready to go to start the year. Doesn't mean it couldn't come during the season. Um, but it's just, you know, I can't say it any better than Matt rule did. Like, it's just, it's bizarre. Um, there seems to be not a lot of rhyme or reason to, to these decisions. It's kind of insane that it's even in the NCAA's hands. Like if it were me, I'd almost look at doing this at the conference level, um, just to make it a little bit, make it a little bit more manageable, um, for, for everybody. So, I'm not ready to say I'm not I'm not moving on um, and saying, oh, you're just not going to have him yet. Um, but when I think about the season, like it's 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 impossible to be like, well, let's let's not forget. You might get something from from Gilbert. Like it's just you, you can't factor it in at this point. Brandon Vogel joining us uh, weekend edition at Brandon L. Vogel Vogues. We will check in with you next week. More thoughts on the season. Thanks for giving us a little overtime today, bud. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. You too. Appreciate there you, Brandon. A Brandon little Vogel. overtime. Stuff. A little overtime might be the overstatement of the year. Brandon joined us for a good 45 minutes there. So, yeah. shout out to Brandon.